Good morning. My name is Becky Haas, and I'm the assistant manager at the Reisterstown Road Library. And I want to welcome all of you here today for our very, very first Librarians Between the Covers of Books. Um, and this is a program that's um, in sponsorship of our adult summer reading kickoff. So I don't know if any of you are aware of this, but the Pratt is now not only having the summer reading program for kids, but also teens and adults. So we really, really want everyone to participate um, and have a good time with this. We would love to have the entire family coming into the library and registering for the summer reading program. So today what we're going to be doing is sharing about books that we are excited about and we hope that you will also share books that you are excited about. Um, and basically we have a panel of librarians available to give some suggestions. Maybe you've just read Fifty Shades of Grey and you can't wait until the next book. So you're still on the hold and what are you going to do in the meantime, right? So we're ha here to give you some ideas of what to read next. And maybe you'll have some ideas too. So we're going to have an interactive um, time here. We're also going to be online through Facebook and Twitter. And our fantastic Roswell Encina is here to help us with that, as well as Andrea Snyder, the waving folks over here. So yeah, we're just here being silly. That's the main goal. Um, we have uh, various people dressed up in pajamas and bathrobes as part of the theme because it is between the covers of books. So, in order to get us started, I want um, our panelists here to just introduce themselves and let us know either what they're reading or what they'd recommend for us to read as our fun summer reading kickoff begins. So, Yolanda, you want to start? Sure. Can you use this mic? Okay. Hi. My name is Yolanda Johnson. I am a librarian in the African American department. And I am currently reading a book of short stories called Before Life, and the author's name is Taji Roth. Okay. And I'm Shailene. I work in the fiction and teen department. And um, I'm, not, I'm kind of in between books right now, but one book that I think I'm going to be recommending a lot this summer <laughs> is um, a book called Defending Jacob by William Landay. And the reason I think I'll recommend it a lot is that it has a lot of cross crossover appeal. It's something I think would appeal to both men and women. And it's kind of a thriller, but it's also kind of a family drama. Um, it's about uh, an ad assistant district attorney who's just gets involved in a murder case and realizes his own son is the main suspect. So things get very emotional for him then and um, has a great surprise ending. Good morning. I'm Brian DeLuca. I work at the Roland Park branch. Currently, I'm reading Unholy Night by Seth Graham Smith, the guy who brought us Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, soon to be, a, I'm sure, a big motion picture. Uh, I also just finished a nonfiction book called um, Beyond the Beautiful Forever, and Catherine Blue is the author, and that one is it's supposed to be uplifting and, and moving. It is very moving. Uh, it's about uh, families trying to get by in one of the larger slums in Mumbai outside of the international airport and just the incredible lengths they have to go to to make it and try to better their lives and the lives of their children. 
know if I have a mic anymore. Excellent. Well, I just um, want to check and see if any of the audience have any books that they've read or want to have a recommendation about. Go ahead. Okay, so this is a very diverse group of books. Um, Audition by Barbara Walters, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea by Jules Verne, and Lucking Out, My Life Getting Down and Semi-Dirty in the 70s by James Wolcott. He acknowledges that it's kind of an eclectic read, but what should he grab next? Audition by Barbara Walters, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea by Jules Verne, and Lucking Out, My Life Getting Down and Semi-Dirty in the 70s by James Wolcott. If anyone from the audience has a suggestion, you can, you can feel free to chime in, please, while we think. Okay, depending on what he likes about Audition, I would recommend um, Madeleine Albright's new one, Prague Memories, I believe, or Memoir. Uh, of course, she was just here at uh, Central Library a few weeks ago. Um, I think that'll give him kind of that inside, behind look at the headlines and um, kind of uh, an approach from a person of power. Also, I'm trying to get the title. Well, give me one second. Dan Rather, I believe, has a new one out as well. Um, and as soon as I get that title, I'll let you know. For um, Jules Verne, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, I would recommend uh, China Meville has a brand new one out called Rail Sea. It's a little more edgy and weird, I will say, uh, than uh, 20,000 Leagues, but it's actually based on the Moby Dick story. Uh, it's a little farther afield than that, so that might be a good, good read for him. Um, Rail C. Um, yeah, another possibility is um, Patty Smith. Um, Another possibility, sorry, is Patty Smith's um, autobiography, uh, which is called Just Kids. Um, 
and has some of that uh, New York City flavor as well as the celebrity memoir. Those are qualities that might appeal to this person. If you like the uh, entertainment aspect, I've also uh, heard great things about Life by uh, Keith Richards. Everyone was raving about that. So. Okay, the question is, what mystery books do we suggest? Um, Florence, what, can you give us a favorite mystery? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to put you in the spot. I just called you out. Okay, well, you go ahead. Um, if you liked Walter Mosley, did you read any of his books? Well, I would suggest he has a new um, mystery series based on a character named Leonid McGill. And the latest book is um, called All I Did Was Shoot My Man. That might be <laughs> that might be good. He's pretty good. If you saw uh, Devil in a Blue Dress with Denzel Washington and Don Cheadle, like back in the mid 1990s, that his that was his uh, first kind of mystery series with a um, <laughs> character named Easy Rollins, and he was a detective in the 40s after uh, World War II. So this character, Lana McGill, is like a more contemporary character, so that might be something of interest. I would say, now I tend to read more historical mysteries, um, so I like the settings and the places, sometimes more than the mystery itself. One of my favorites is David Liss. His first, he has several um, starring the same character. His, uh, the first one's called Conspiracy of Paper. You just can't get that kind of depth of um, story, place, and setting. I will admit the mysteries, by the time you get to the end of the story, you've kind of figured it out, but you'll like the ride getting there. Uh, and also another one of my favorites, it's an old one, but a good one, uh, The Name of the Rose by Umberto Eco, which is a halfway decent movie from the 80s, if you can still find it. We have a new one from Facebook. Uh, for everyone who's just walking in, we're doing our librarians between the covers, if you're wondering why we're all in our PJs. So um, come on over, tell us what you're reading, and we're going to tell you what you could read right afterwards. Um, we have a new um, comment from Facebook from Germaine. She's reading Death Benefit, Death Benefit, rather, Robin Cook. And while you guys are looking, Nicole Johnson, she's reading The Family Business by Carl Weber and Eric Pete.
While they're doing their thing, I'm just curious of our audience, how many people have heard of a little book called Fifty Shades of Grey? Show of hands. <laughs> Anybody interested in reading said book? It. I would read it. If I had nothing else to do today, that's where I would be. Just gonna say. So I would love personally to hear any recommendations from the panel at some point about that book as well. I imagine we're gonna have it. In fact, I know we do. We have a very, very long hold list on it. Yeah, if you're not on the list yet, you better get on that list. And you're probably going to want the other two, too. Just saying. You know, um, depending on what she likes about the Robin Cook books, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and actually offer two nonfiction titles. I'm going to um, say she can try Stiff and Possibly Spook by Mary Roach, who is probably one of the most fun nonfiction readers you can write, uh, re read or write, I don't know. Um, uh, her, her style is very narrative, so I think if uh, she enjoyed that, uh, Robin Quinn, she may enjoy that kind of nonfiction. Also, I'm trying to find the, the title. Um, well, Michael Crichton started out uh, in medicine. His first one, Andromeda Strains, classic from the 70s involving kind of uh, medical outbreak and um, that kind of medical procedural stuff. That's kind of interesting. And I believe he did one of his early years as a medical intern that uh, they actually based ER, the TV show, on. I'm trying to get the title of that now. Yeah, he's got one called Case of Need, um, which follows his kind of life in, in medicine. So uh, that's another possibility. Michael Crichton, yeah. And for some fiction, like um, Robin Cook, uh, if she hasn't tried him already, she could try Michael Palmer, um, who also does um, very scary medical, mostly thriller slash mysteries. Um, one of his really good older ones is The Fifth Vial, V-I-A-L. Um, he has a new one called Oath of Office. Um, do you want to have a comment? Yeah, for the person that was interested or is currently reading um, The Family Business by Carl Weber, um, if you like family dramas, there's a new book coming out um, later on this month called Blackberry Days of Summer by Ruth Watson, and it is a historical whodunit about a young black man who was murdered, um, but nobody is tr trying too hard to find his killer. It's kind of like, uh, I believe, the family... Okay, let me see. It says... It begins in the Great War, coming to an end. As Robert Parker's body is lowered into the grave, Herman Cam introduces himself to the mourning family. He's a beady-eyed, small-framed, well-dressed man with a mysterious stare, and he is about to drastically change the lives of three women, May Lou Parker, her daughter Carrie, and Pearl Brown. And then I think later on, as the book goes on, he ends up dead, and they're trying to figure out who, who killed him. So... That might be of interest. 
And actually, I also wanted to say this is under um, Zane's imprint, Straber Books. Um, it's and for the people who are interested in shades of gray, you might also want to look to Zane. <laughs> she has um, books that are similar to the Fifty Shades of Gray. Her as an author, and also the people who write under her imprint. So. Awesome. Those are all really great suggestions. Thank you, panel. We had um, someone from um, one of our fellow librarians here at Pratt who would really like some recommendations for um, things to read after reading Death Comes to Pemberley by P.D. James. So while the panel is thinking very heavily over there, um, I just wanted to give another plug for the adult summer reading program. It's called Between the Covers. Um, we have a really great display of some suggested books over here on the side, as well as um, information sheets and some of the entry forms that you can fill out. For every book you read, you get entered into a drawing for four fabulous prizes at each location, as well as there will be one grand prize um, given out system-wide. We're giving out a Nook e-reader at the end of the summer. Okay, so um, for the person who is enjoying Death Comes to Pemberley, um, again, it depends on what they're enjoying about it, but if they would like to read another Austin-esque mystery, um, there's a great series by Carrie Bebris, B-E-B-R-I-S, and um, they have, uh, they're Jane Austen's world, but they have mysteries happening in them, and the first one is called Pride and Prescience, um, P-R-E-S-C-I-E-N-C-E. -E -E. And but then if they um, just wanted a really well-written historical mystery, there's a lot of good options. Um, they might enjoy The Sweetness at the Bottom of the Pie by Alan Bradley, which is um, told mostly from a child's viewpoint and child sleuth and set in the 1950s um, and is kind of charming and a good plot. Um, another possibility, um, there's a great new book by Lindsay Fay, F-A-Y-E, and um, it's called The Gods of Gotham, and it looks really good. I just um, am looking forward to getting a hold of it. Um, I think it's set during the Victorian period. Um, give me a second. <clears throat> Um, okay, 1845, New York City. Um, but um, just if you read the beginning of it online, it, it pulls you in right away. It seems to be really well done. Any other ideas? So I'll add in that all of these books that are being recommended, you will be able to find on our website. We're going to be compiling one big list, um, and it's, it will be under our section called Pratt's Picks so that you will be able to find all these. I know we're throwing out lots of books here right now, which is really great. Um, 
but you're going to potentially leave here and go, what the heck was that one book that, that Shailene mentioned? I can't remember, and it sounded really great. You're going to be able to come back, um, either ask us, and we can help you find it here at the library, or you can go onto our website and find it. We also have um, another customer um, who is looking for, okay, this should be good, okay, is looking for an easy, cozy mystery, but not too hokey. So none of those ones like with cats or, you know, the food ones, um, but something that's good and you can curl up in an armchair and read. Well, one of um, my sure bet ones, oh. Say it again. Oh, sorry. What was it? Three, three bags full. Oh yeah, I haven't sheep. read that, but I heard that was really good. Uh, let me get the author on. Three that. bags full. Um, the sheep don't talk, right? <laughs> yeah, I actually did read that one. I did. You're, you're telling me the sheep talk in this book? Yeah, the sheep, the sheep talk much. Yeah. Oh, to each other, not to, not to other, not to humans or anything. Okay. <laughs> okay, it's, it's I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. I like a book where sheep wander into a police station. That's uh, Three Bags <laughs> Full by Leonie Swan, and it is really cute. It's kind of Leonie Swan. Yeah. It's kind of the same way that um, The Art of Racing the Rain is told from the point of view of the dog. So while the humans interact with each other and the sheep interact with each other, they don't interact together. <laughs> um, yeah, I heard that was excellent. So thanks for recommending that. Um, but I, I was going to say one of my cozies that I often um, suggest to customers is Still Life by Louise Penny. Um, it doesn't have any talking creatures in it, and it's set in um, a Canadian village, uh, so it has a, a cozy village flavor to it, and the mystery is extremely well plotted. It has to do with a painting, and um, the, the telling clue that solves everything is actually in the painting, um, so that's why it's called Still Life. Um, but there are a lot of other good cozy writers. For example, M.C. Beaton is really popular at the Pratt. Um, she has two series. One of them, they all begin with the word death. Let me just find one of those. Do you want to suggest? <laughs> um, but Shailene, those are cozies, like we're yes, tripping over yes, dead bodies nothing, and stuff? Yes, nothing, um, no bad language, nothing upsetting, something, nothing except a murder, but you can d feel distanced from it and enjoy reading about it. Um, yeah, I think anything by M.C. Beaton would probably work as well. Anybody else have a cozy suggestion? Okay, we had another audience, um, a patron, who said that he was looking for nature books. And in one of the authors, he's really like, I think I wrote this down right, Tom Brown Jr., does he write nature books? Anyone know? Tom Brown Jr. with nature books. Yeah? Okay. We got a yes from the audience. Oh, do you want to... 
You know, uh, one that I read last year made a lot of um, bestseller lists was Paul Greenberg's um, Four Fish. It's very interesting. He's a, a fisherman, but he's um, also for sustainable fishing. So he talks about the four, the last four wild-caught fish, and it's like cod and salmon and tuna, and I can't remember the last one. So he talks about the fish, their environment, what's impacting them. Uh, it's, it's, and it's also got some personal stories of him and his son taking him fishing, how he learned to fish from his dad. Um, it's a lot of uh, various aspects of nature in that one. Also, uh, Richard Preston, who did Hot Zone years ago, which is a really excellent book about the Ebola outbreak of the Monkey House in Reston, Virginia. He did one uh, several years back called Wild Trees, and it's about the, um, it's the giant trees in California, the, um, the redwoods, and people living amongst them, um, doing things with them, preserving them, those kind of things. So that would be another good possible. He's a great writer, once again, a nonfiction book with a really strong narrative. Uh, Richard Preston, all of his stuff is science and nature related. Uh, some really, I, I always recommend Hot Zone for, you know, especially guys who want something that's exciting and, and uh, really it's, it's, there's a clock running in the whole story because this is an outbreak of a very deadly disease. Would anyone on the panel recommend something like Bill Bryson or? I, maybe a walk in the woods. I think nature is more a character than the focus of his stories. Um, I would probably go with that one among, amongst, among any of his others. Everything else is basically about relationships between him and, and other people. We have a couple more from Facebook. Edwin Perez says he's reading River God by Wilbur Smith. And um, Jen Bogger, I believe is her last name, she's reading One of, Our, One of Ours by Willa Cather. For River God, um, I used to read a lot of historical fiction, like ancient historical fiction. Uh, I would recommend um, a guy named H.N. Turtletaub. It's actually a pseudonym for the author, Harry Turtleduff. His book, Justinian, um, really dark, deep court intrigue, also a good uh, read-alike for Game of Thrones with minus the, the magic. Um, I would say uh, Stephen Pressfield did Gates of Fire, um, Tides of War, a few others. Uh, one of my favorites that's hard to find is Michael Curtis Ford. He takes, uh, he's written one called The 10,000 about uh, Xenophon's march, 10,000 Greek mercenaries to the Persian Empire. Uh, Gods and Legions is a good one, and The Last King. Um, and Wallace Bream is actually an author from the 60s, but a few years back they put out, uh, a lot of his works were reissued. And I would say Eagle in the Snow is one of my absolute favorite books. It's about their last Roman legion on the Rhine as the barbarians are literally across the river and the winter comes and the, and the river freezes over and they know they're going to be overwhelmed. Um, great book there. Who, what did Michael Curtis write? Michael Curtis Ford wrote The 10,000, okay. Gods and Legions, and The Last King. 
And what about Wallace Green? Wallace Green was Eagle in the Snow. While you're still th- thinking about the yeah. Willa Cather one, oh, can, are you ready? I was waiting for Andrew. Oh, yeah, right. no. Okay, sorry. Well, one, for one of ours by Willa Cather, um, I mean, I'd love to know a little more about what this person liked about the book, but uh, it looks like it's a story, a, a, a growing up story um, with a young man who marries someone. The marriage uh, goes rather badly. Um, his his dream, childhood dreams uh, don't work at aren't fulfilled and so forth. Um, so that plot might interest um, this person. Um, another Willa Cather book that involves a growing up and achieving childhood dreams plot is The Song of the Lark, so I would suggest that. But uh, for another author, um, possibly... Sorry. Um, I mean, if they really like the fine, elegant writing, maybe something by Edith Wharton, um, perhaps uh, Ethan, Ethan Frome for the more uh, rural, small-town environment. That might be a good suggestion. Um, if they want to do something closer to our day, uh, maybe the stories of Alice Munro. She's a Canadian writer who often writes about the ways that our, our childhood... Um, expectations are changed by our adult realities. So that's a possibility, too. Anyone else? Uh, suggestions from the audience? No. <laughs> Anyone? Okay. Well, can we do, can we do the gentleman sitting here? Um, so this gentleman who just came and sat down with us, thank you so much for stopping. Um, he's looking for read-alikes for Clive Cussler. Yeah, what do you like about Clive Cussler? Is there a particular like the time period you like? I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I would say, actually, as usual, I'm going to start with the nonfiction title because I really like nonfiction. Try Shadow Divers, uh, which is about, it's a mystery, a, a German U-boat's found off the coast of New Jersey. This is a true story, and uh, no one has a record of it. The German Navy does it, the U.S. Navy does it, and a dive crew goes down trying to salvage it, and it's, it's like a year-long thing, and it's... Uh, there's death and intrigue, and uh, I mean, if you like Clive Cussler, it's right up there. Shadow Divers, uh, which I believe is Curzon. I might have to look that up. Um, I would also say you might like um, David Ball. He does historical fiction. It's set in Ball, David Ball, and set in different time periods. And um, for the action and adventure aspect of it, um, Trying to think of who's who's the best here. Have you done any Bernard Cornwell? It's a slightly earlier, much earlier time period, 
He does the Sharp series and a bunch of other historical fiction series. Um, the Sharp series follows some British riflemen throughout the Napoleonic Wars. Um, strong, strong male characters and a lot of historical detail. Swashbuckling, there will be some. Um, romance of a, of a fun nature. Um, and then uh, David Poyer, and I, I don't think he does too much anymore. He, his concentration was um, naval warfare, but later than, than say, um, Patrick O'Brien. So his stuff is more like Civil War on. So if you like that kind of naval action, there's that. Wilbur Smith. Um, once again, I guess it depends on which time period you like. Because I, 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 you probably weren't here when I gave some of like his early stuff, like River Gods, which is ancient Egypt. You know, like that stuff. I yeah. Just read oh, you just read them all. Um, so I guess it kind of depends on which time period you're looking at. Sixteenth, uh, seventeenth century. Um, I recommend one guy earlier, David Liss. He's Liss, L-I-S-S. Technically, they're mysteries, but they're really not. It's more about the color and the, and the, the characters. Um, I would say, um, once again, look at Bernard Cornwell, but his Archer's Tale series, which is set in the Hundred Years' War. Um, Patrick Ramball, who writes um, about the Napoleonic War, and that's R-A-M-B-A-U-D. Oh, and one guy that I love, absolutely. I don't think he's written anything in a long time. His name is Jean-Christophe Ruffin. Uh, he's French. Last name is R-U-F-I-N. He actually was one of the uh, co-founders of Doctors Without Borders, and then decided in his spare time to write a bunch of historical novels. Um, his first two books are, are a duology. It's the Abyssinian and the Siege of Istifan, and they're set... Uh, in the period we're talking about, 15th, 16th century, and it's uh, French colonists in Egypt and in uh, the Middle East. Lots of sword play, very much a lot of humor. It's got a Three Musketeers feel to it, uh, so if you like that kind of adventure. And um, last thing I can think of is Michael Chabon did one that it, no one ever talks about, and I don't know why. Uh, it's called um, Gentlemen of the Road, I believe. And once again, very similar to the one I was speaking of, it's, it's two travelers in the Levant living by their sword um, and their sense of honor. So, We have a couple from Twitter, actually. Um, at Reign of April, just read Silver Sparrow by Tayari Jones, who was recently here at the library. Um, also... Summer Rankin or Doctor or at Doctor Summer Rankin on Twitter just finished Mockingjay, oh, yeah. part of the whole Hunger Games series. <laughs> I can start with Hunger Games. I have a list. <laughs> uh, a bit of caution. My list is both teen and adult titles because I think Hunger Games is one of those books that theoretically, while a teen book. Uh, there's been a lot of crossover uh, with adults reading it, almost more so than the teens initially. So I'm going to uh, run down some titles, uh, quite a few, so get ready on the keyboard. 
Shipbreakers, uh, shipbreaker. Excuse me, Paulo, and I'm going to screw this up. Bacagalupi. No, yeah, I can't actually. <laughs> it's B A C I G A L U P I. And that was Shipbreakers. Shipbreaker, and he's got a sequel out to it, and it's a dystopia set in America, a few generations off, where um, a lot of teenagers try to make their living by scavenging ships that have run ashore. It's very similar to what actually happens in India today. Um, he actually uh, was the chief, he was the main guest at Balticon last year here in Baltimore, so another Baltimore connection. Um, I'm going to throw out World War Z because you got to have a zombie book. That's by Max Brooks. Uh, a little bit different when it's, this focus is not entirely on a teen or angsty relationships, uh, but is very much a dystopia and is very much uh, kind of an end times, really fun book to read. Maze Runner, which I like to think of as the teen boy version of Hunger Games. Uh, it's, most of the characters are male. They wake up in the middle of a, a glade uh, that is set in the center of a maze. And each day the maze changes. So each day they run out trying to map the maze before they get caught outside. And there's a high, some sort of power, uh, evil um, organization running the whole thing. And they're trying to figure out this. It's a three-book series. It just ended last year. It's, that's a lot of fun, and it's really action-packed. You dropped in the middle, and then you're trying to figure out what's going on with the, with the, um, with the uh, kids. Um, One Second After by William Fortune. That is um, a book where uh, set in the modern world where someone detonates an EMP device and you lose all electronics, all electricity, and they have to suddenly, this little town in North Carolina has to figure out how to survive. Um, and everyone is doing things they wouldn't normally do in order to, to make it to the next day. Divergent by Veronica Roth, which is a YA title. Uh, very similar in the sense of um, competition amongst teens. It was a, kind of a caste system set in Chicago in a dystopia. Um, a new one which I haven't read but came in the other day and I grabbed because it looks like it's going to be. It's called Article 5 by Kristen Simmons. And it's a world where the government controls every aspect of people's life and these teens kind of um, rebel against that. Uh, one that everyone that I talk to who's read this book tells me about is Battle Royale. It's a Japanese title. Kushan Takami, uh, which where kids are forced to fight to the death uh, in an arena setting, so very similar to Hunger Games. Uh, let's see what else I got. Uh, a new one just came out, and I haven't had a chance to get this. It's called No Safety in Numbers, Dana Lorenz. And it takes place entirely in a shopping mall that apparently has been the site of a biological attack, although no one tells anyone this. And it's isolated. The main characters are all teenagers. And they're forced to, and I guess from the sounds of it, there's five different narrative tales. Each, you know, eventually they come together. Um, but it's getting a lot of buzz for the summer. So how did, how's 
the other one coming along for the other we, books. Got some we stuff? Can do one or two. Um, okay. Oh, no, you can talk about this well, Or you I had another idea. Okay. All right. Well, um, okay. Well, well, um, Yolanda's thinking, Yolanda has an idea, and she's, this often happens when you're a librarian that you can only remember one part of the title, so she's trying to remember the rest of it. But um, the one that came to my mind for the person who enjoyed Silver Sparrow was Salvage the Bones by um, Jessamyn Ward, W-A-R-D, which actually won the National Book Award. Um, and um, it's set uh, as Hurricane Krat- Katrina is just looming and this um, virtually parentless because their parents don't take very good care of them family in the south um, in in the New Orleans area is is preparing to deal with that Um, and it's extremely well written obviously it wouldn't have got the National Book Award so that's another possibility and um, Yolanda's going to talk about another when she's ready (laughs) Um, And actually, another one, I just, one of my sure bet books that I give people who just want a really good story with um, strong writing um, uh, and a little more substance thought to it is State of Wonder by um, Ann Patchett, P-A-T-C-H-E-T-T. So that's, it's just a great um, adventure that also makes you think and... Um, cry a little. It's uh, about a woman who goes into the Amazon looking for a lost colleague. Um, and, um, you ready? Okay. Okay, the books that I was thinking of, um, the first book is called Taste of Salt by Martha Southgate. Salt. Um, and it's about a girl who she, I guess she grows up to be um, a scientist at the Wood Holes Oceanic Graphic Institute, but I guess it also goes into her childhood um, with, and, and it talks about the story of her brother and herself and their father who um, is a heavy drinker, and I guess how that um, affects her as an adult. And then there's a new book also called Elsewhere, California. I haven't read that, but I know it's also about, um, her name is, the author's name is Dana Johnson. And I believe that's also about her um, upbringing. What part of California is it? Uh, I'm sorry. West Covina, California. Um, I guess it's a part a a suburb of Los Angeles and I I guess basically she has like a normal child growing up but there are like some family secrets that will affect her as she becomes an adult that I guess that come out as she gets older so those would be my two suggestions I've got one and I'm gonna this is pressure so this is from Facebook and this is from my mom so she's look, she just finished The Bodies Left Behind by Jay Deaver. Um. <laughs> I 
while they're working on that, what I'm going to do, um, and kind of to lead up to this, we asked some of our um, people uh, that follow us on Twitter and Facebook what they've read recently, just to kind of see what Baltimore is reading. Um, so, uh, one person just finished The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and she can't read, wait to read the other two. She acknowledges that she's a little bit behind the times. Fifty Shades Darker. It's such a guilty pleasure, but I can't help it. I've just started Graphic Canon Volume Number One. Roths, Divergent, and Insurgent. Texting, The Great Debate by David Crystal. And Quicksilver by Neil Stevenson. Name of the Wind by P. Rothfuss. Are you, are you? <laughs> no, it's a good book. It's Patrick Rothfuss, but that's okay. Oh. I actually have a suggestion for your mom, too. Okay. I am ready to let her know. Um, John Verdon. It's got two books out, Think of a Number and Shut Your Eyes Tight. Um, decent mysteries, uh, very procedural. The guy's like an F ex FBI or cop. I think it's ex-cop. And uh, they're written very much like a TV police show. So there's, you can see where the cut scenes would be, where the commercials would be as you're reading it. So it's, it's kind of a light mystery, but it's fun. I'm sorry, Brian, what was the author on that again? The author was John Verdon, uh, V-E-R-D-O-N. While Andrea is quickly typing, I just want you also to think about, uh, we had a customer who was looking for some psychological thrillers. Oh, okay. okay. But Shailene, did you have a suggestion for Andrea's for, mom? Oh, yeah, well, <clears throat> excuse me. I was going to, I liked um, that suggestion that uh, Brian made because I've definitely had customers say they love that book. But um, I was also thinking for Andrea's mom, perhaps something by John Sanford or... Um, Jonathan Kellerman, if she hasn't um, tried those authors yet, they're, they're both very popular. Jonathan Kellerman's detective is a, is, has a psychological knowledge, so um, he's a specialist the way Jeffrey Deaver's um, sleuth is a specialist, and um, John Sanford is, is very fast, writes very fast-paced mysteries. I mean, do, can I, do you want me to give you a particular title, or are you good with that? Okay. Psychological thriller. I actually just read a, a psychological thriller that I enjoyed. Um, well, of course, there's all kinds of psychological thrillers, but this one was Blue Monday by Nikki French, N-I-C-C-I, French. And um, it has a pair of twins in it, and, who are, like absolutely identical. And um, as you can imagine, and one of them is the criminal, and that, that lends a certain creepiness uh, as they trade places at unexpected moments and so forth. Yeah, I don't want to give too much away. But um, another one that a lot of people have loved is The Sister by Rosamund Lupton, L-U-P-T-O-N. Um, a woman's sister dies, and she's convinced that there's foul play and tries to unravel it. That's, that was a bestseller. It was very popular. Anyone else? Lupton, L U L is in library, U P T O N. Rosamund. She has a new one too, but um, I don't. I don't think we've got it in yet. But you could get on reserve. That's probably really good as well. Other psychological thoughts. 
I don't know the author on this one, but one of our, I'm so sorry, I just hit her. One of, the, one of our customers was looking for what to read next after a biography they read called That Woman, but I don't know who wrote it. Does anyone know? Someone Google it quickly. <laughs> it's the life of Wallace Simpson. It looks fantastic. Um, it's by Anne Seba, S-E-B-B-A. And I don't, I'm not a nonfiction. Well, <laughs> I think the obvious one is uh, The King's Speech, which before it was a movie, it was a book. And I will get the author for that in one moment. Um, That is um, by Mark Logue, L-O-G-U-E. There's also, uh, from a very similar era, um, a history book by Barbara Tuckman, The Proud Tower, which kind of takes a look at uh, the Edwardians and life in Britain prior to the outbreak of um, World War I, uh, a little earlier than, than Wallace Simpson, but uh, that might be a decent um, book for her as well. And this is going a little bit out on a limb, but if she wanted to switch over to fiction, there's a new fiction book called The Dressmaker by Kate Alcott. Very timely because it's about a Titanic survivor. Um, and it's, it's hugely popular and it has some romance in it. So I think people who read about Wallace Simpson might be romantics, um, you know, to some extent, so that might work for her. Excellent suggestions. Okay, I've got one for you, Yolanda. You ready? You ready? Okay. Somebody on Facebook would like some suggestions because they really liked one of my favorite titles ever, Crackhead by Lisa Lennox. Oh, wow. Okay. Do you have any good urban fiction titles to recommend? I believe the Hood Rat series is supposed to be pretty good. A series of books um, called Hood Rat. I'll get you the author. Hood. Hood Rat. Hood Rat, yes. Two words. She might also want to try the Prada plan. There's, I guess there's a one and two by Ashley Antoinette. Hood Rats by Quan. Quan, yes. A apostrophe W A N. I'm sorry, Yolanda, what did you say? I said the, the Prada Plan by uh huh. Ashley Antoinette is the author. Um, 
We also did have one of the customers here in our audience ask about books, nonfiction titles like Eckhart Tolle. Tolle, I don't know how to pronounce that. Think about that while I go over to talk to Roswell. It's, no, it's the um, kind of the whole um, visualizing you can, you can the wealth this stuff. Right? You can take this one. Yeah. <laughs> um. We're giving suggestions, reading suggestions, if you want us to suggest a book for you to read. Okay, <laughs> thanks for stopping. You do the same. Yeah, I think with the with the Eckward Tool books, um, you have to go with uh, Secret by. Um, by burn if if nothing else uh there's also um try and get the the author i believe it's the four agreements yeah it's the four agreements by um miguel ruiz it might be another one to go another way to go um And not that it's exactly the same in any way, but you might enjoy Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance mm. by um, Robert Percy. Okay. Oh. Okay. Dr. Hayden, where'd you go? Uh, Do we have another? Well, mine is kind of off. Okay. Okay. She's here. You can say something. Well, we actually had um, one more... Um, did you want to do we have, do we have um, more suggestions? Well, okay, okay well, I was just going to say go um, The Alchemist by um, pa- Paolo Coelho, C-O-E-L-H-O, is an inspirational fable book for adults that might appeal. Well, mine was along the lines of like inspirational reads, too. Um, and this person is actually coming to the library on June 10th, Singer Lettucey. She has a book with Essence Magazine called Better Than All Right, Finding Peace, Love, and Power. And it um, includes some of the lyrics from her songs, quotes, um, and other inspirations that she used to, I guess, come into herself as a woman um, and be um, okay with herself in the music business on her own terms. And she'll be here at Pratt Central on June 10th. And then one other book um, that I was also think about, I was thinking about, excuse me, is called My Story, My Song by Lucy Marion Roberts, who is Robin Roberts' mother. Um, that's on Good Morning America. And I guess it's about uh, a story about her life. Um, and I know she sings hymnals. And I guess it's talking about um, how she used those hymnals to get her through the troubling times in her life. And also, I believe Robin Roberts adds her voice to the book, talking about how her mother um, inspired her in her career as well. So those might be two good inspirational titles. 
Excellent. Well, we have another um, another um, customer on, and this one there, again pressure. This one is actually my friend who posted this. So, um, my friend Laura, who is looking for her books are a book a title called Country Driving, one called River Town by Peter Hessler, and Chinese Lessons by John Pomfret. So, what should she read next? I would actually start with the one I spoke about earlier, um, Beyond the. Beautiful Forever by Catherine Blue. Uh, it's India, not China, but I think she'd still enjoy that. Um, one that's a little more history, less travel narrative. It's a really good book about uh, Central Asia. is called um, The Great Game by Peter Hopkirk. It's about the Victorian kind of uh, game of brinksmanship between China, India, Russia. Um, Peter Hopkirk. Also, last year's um, Travels in Siberia by Ian Fraser. Those are all excellent um, choices because um, Laura actually just got back from China, so I think that's why all of her books have a slight Asian flavor. And look who just walked up. It's one of our favorite people, Dr. Carla Hayden, our CEO, and she has a couple of recommendations she's going to share with us. I've actually been here a few minutes. You've probably seen me uh, walking around, but I literally got out of bed with one of my favorite T-shirts. Never wear Wow. It's actually a night shirt. It's called, okay. and it says, Curl Up with a Classic, because the best reading, I have to say, sometimes is in bed. And in fact, one of my favorite books is called Reading it in Bed, Personal Essays on the Glories of Reading. And basically, it's short stories, and people are talking about where they read, how they read, and it's really kind of cool, and it's paperback. The other book that I'm giving everybody... And, oh, I have to put on what I really do when I read in bed, which is put on my glasses, which end up in the covers somewhere. The Language of Flowers. This is now one of the bestsellers. Book clubs are used, uh, reading it and everything. It's really popular. It is one of those reads that you start it and you can't put it down. Someone said, well, what is it about? What's it like? If you like the secret life of bees, you'll love this. It's instead of uh, a young woman who had a pretty rough uh, childhood and finds salvation in going with a family that keeps bees, this young lady, after years in the foster care system, at 18, she's finally out, and all those years... She got comfort in parks and flowers and things like that, and she went to the library and learned about the language and what flowers mean. So at 18, she couldn't wait to reach 18 to be out of the foster care system. She gets out. She's homeless for a while because she really didn't want any kind of intervention anymore. She had enough of that. She gets out, and she's homeless, and she finds a florist who hires her and then the story begins because she has a real way with flowers and bouquets and some people thought she had magical powers so you can't put it down a lot of twists and turns and the best part is there's a glossary in the back of flowers and what they mean and things so in this season of flowers this is a 
great read. So, Secret Life of Bees with Flowers. Now, another one. I was getting ready to say it has no redeeming social value. However, <laughs> it is a great read. It's by Meredith Goldstein. You can see how little it is. This. And reads sometimes for summer are really good if they're paperbacks. You don't have to worry about plugging it in, recharging it. Just saying. Uh, and Meredith Goldstein, she has a Baltimore connection. And this is her first book. And it says for anyone that liked the movies, um, what was it? The, uh, not the, well, the Bridesmaids. And what was the, the Hangover? Those types of books, not quite as raucous, but fun about what happens when you have to go to a wedding alone and you are the only one that doesn't have a date, you're up there and you know all the other people and it, it turns into quite a weekend. So it's called The Singles and you can see she's sitting there kind of alone and waiting, so this is fun. Now, my mom, I learned all this stuff about reading and really got inspired because I was raised by a person who loved to read, so I not only got out of bed too, but I went and picked up my mom, and I thought you might want to see what she has been reading. So there's my mom. Could you hold up your book, please? Oh, my, oh 50 Shades of Grey. Darn. Now, let's just say, now that's the first one, because she was very curious. She had heard about all this hullabaloo about this book. So I actually said, okay, I'm going to get you a copy, because all of our copies were on hold, and she's not good with technology, so she couldn't download with the ebook thing on her computer. So my only option was to go get a copy um, from the bookstore. And um, she's about two chapters in. She's waiting for the action to start. <laughs> There's a rumor that chapter 11 is the one. But I think what it really showed was, here she's hearing about this book. She was just curious, you know. Remember that thing, I am curious yellow? So she's of a certain age, and she just wanted to read it just to see what all the... Yeah, she's 29. Oh, she says she's at the age where there's nothing new under the sun. It just looks better. Um, <laughs> so, but that's the whole point of it. She gets to decide if she likes it or not, or she wants to read it, and other people are going to get to decide. So even if it's um, on hold for a while or you don't, or you can get it on the e-books, just take a look at it yourself and see if you like it. We also have some recommendations. If you like Fifty Shades of Grey or that type, there's a, um, and when I say that type, I mean books that maybe don't have a lot of history in them. They don't have a lot of uh, backstory. Yeah, redeeming social value. But they're good reads or they're fast reads and they take you away. They're, it's a beach read, you know, fine. Fun. Reading in the summer really should be about either fun or catching up on stuff that you haven't had a chance to read during the year, but now you get a chance to uh, trying out new things because it's a fun time. So uh, if you like Fifty Shades of Grey or 
that type and, and the main thing in type is a book that has more than one in a series because you know how it is like with candy or something you want another one and a lot of series books that's what that is you read one you like it you want another one just like it and you want it right now so that's why series books are really good um, you might want to try Zane Zane um, has a lot of books in the same vein <laughs> um, and they feature African-American um, characters and people and they're very uh, provocative they're provocative a little racy and they have a lot of stuff going on and if you like one you'll want to pick up another one to see what else can go on they get your engines running you know so try Zane, and she has at least 10 books, and so you can just keep them going and everything, and she's, uh, keep, she keeps writing. So I would recommend Zane if you, you like a little spice in your life. Um, and then they're giving me... Oh, good. Oh, my goodness, and especially the lady with the hat on. Now, what do you suggest for Fifty Shades of Grey, if you like that or that? Or, who wants to say I have a list, oddly enough. A list? Oh, my gosh. What happened? What is that? Okay. Because my T-shirt says, um, and we get this at the American Library Association Conference. They have a vendor. It says, curl up with a classic. Fifty Shades of Grey is almost qualifying. Uh, speaking of classics, someone suggested Tropic of Cancer by Henry Ooh. Miller. That's got some spots. Henry and June, Anise Nin, also uh -huh. some spice. Uh, the Sleeping Beauty series, which was written by Anne Rice, but not under the Anne Rice name. Oh. But now I'm not sure if they listed under her or not. I think they do. Um, a new one, a friend of mine told me about this, House of Dark Delights. you got to love the title. It just uh -oh. sounds I'm a little spicy. worried about that one. <laughs> Louisa Burton is the author in that one. And lastly, um, and this one has an interesting cover, I will say, Gabriel's Inferno by Inferno by Sylvain Rayard. Mm, That's what Inferno, I got. Inferno, hot. Inferno, okay. it's hot. It's hot. You notice there is a theme with these. Oh, I can't wait to hear what you're going to say. <laughs> um, well, Yolanda said a few earlier, but um, some that we have in the fiction department are Dirty by Megan Hart. Oh. Um, the title speaks for oh itself, Lord. I guess. But, um, but actually, no, it has, it's, um, I mean, reading the beginning of it, I was a little bit reminded of the beginning of uh, Fifty Shades. Um, it's not all in the bedroom. Um, and oh, my, that's even more I mean, it adventurous, some, huh? It doesn't some, always have to be in the bedroom. Well, well, I mean, well. It has, an, uh, yeah. um, has a separate narr a narrative as well. Um, oh Scandalous my. Lovers by Robin Scandalous Scone. Lovers. Ooh. Uh, Tempting by Susan Johnson. And these are all library books? Yeah, we have these on the fiction, in the Pratt. So you can put a reserve. And there's some paranormal series that have uh, that oh. strong erotic element too. Um, Caleb by Sarah McCarty. Wild Card by Laura Lay. And um, the Cresley Cole series, uh, beginning with A Hunger Like No Other. Oh my goodness. One. So when you say paranormal, what, what does that mean? <laughs> um, oh, sorry. I should, um, yeah, there, um, in other words, there's going to be like a vampire or someone, oh. usually vampires, but someone with some kind of uh, supernatural <laughs> quality. Um, 
And that gives a spookiness and darkness to the book that I think you do feel when you read Fifty Shades of Grey, too, because although there's no paranormal in it, it has a darkness to it. So, so if you yeah. throw a vampire in there with the Fifty Shades of Grey, <laughs> that could get very interesting. Yes. Okay. It reminds me, there is a series that has a lot of the same elements that's fancy. It's a fairy series? I can't, I'm trying to think through the audience. Laura K. Hamilton, she, she does a vampire series, and then she does a erotic fairy series, for lack of a better term. You mean term. with the wings and everything? Yeah, oh, my. Well, I'm not sure if there's wings, but they are. Yeah, they have wings. They, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if hers do. But, oh, my. Uh, I've been told that's pretty, pretty muy caliente there. So, yeah. Oh, that could be erotic quite fairies. erotic fairies. All righty now. <laughs> <laughs> this is opening up a whole new world. What? What do you mean? Erotic fairies with the wings. Tinkerbell. Oh, no, 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 not Tinkerbell. <laughs> what? No, Tinkerbell hasn't done anything yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> This is the adult summer reading program that we are talking about, okay? Are we, do we have another suggestion? Okay. I know. She's okay. She's okay. You, you mentioned Zane, so that was my main person. I, w- I also said earlier that um, she has her own imprint, Streber Books, and under that imprint there are a lot of authors who also write erotica um, and a lot of those titles you cannot mention here. <laughs> and has somebody mentioned that she's, she's an old timer, but she was quite something in her day. Um, is it uh, Annis Nin? Yeah, I did. Henry oh, you June, mentioned? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, but she's written quite a few things, mm-hmm. and she was really something. Oh, you want to ask a question? Do you have any books by... Um, Octavia Butler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I always wanted. I got some of her series, but I'd like to get the rest of them. Mm-hmm. How can I go about getting them? Go to the fiction department, right, right over there by the Eiffel Tower. Make a right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Anybody else have a question? Now you've been listening intently. Question. So short attention span. Looking for a good collection of essays. Reading in bed is short. Depending on what you mean by essays, I would go immediately to David Sedaris. Yeah, I know that. I know you have. So you're looking for something other than David Sedaris. Augustin Burroughs, you've gone through. What kind of fun? Well, you know who writes like she. What about David Rakoff? Yeah. Have you read He does stuff on NPR occasionally, and he's very similar to. very similar to David Sedaris. Have you read any Nora Ephron? Mm. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of her things, even though it's one, it, they're like short stories and that. And also Danielle Evans yeah, uh, has a really nice collection of short stories called Before You Suffocate Your Fool Self. Yeah. And, <laughs> okay. and it's about um, all kinds of modern issues and things like that. So she's... she's Short but snappy, and she's from DC too, so we've had her here. Any others? Oh, well, oh, nope, she, she's good. She's I actually have a question for you. Oh, here we go. Uh-huh. 
What are you reading right now? Oh, my. Well, several things. Um, one of the good things, one of the many good things about being a librarian is that you are surrounded by books, and sometimes you get asked to um, recommend books. So we have a little segment on WBL and um, also on um, WYPR. And so the books that are sitting right next to the bed are related to those. So I flew through Language of Flowers. The one that's uh, also sitting there is Girl Reading. Hmm. Short vignettes uh, from the medieval times to now of uh, paintings like this, these that you see on the walls here. Hmm. And they all feature a young woman reading or holding a book. So it takes you all the way up to modern times when a young woman is tweeting and, and, or has an e-book. And that's uh, one I'm really excited about getting into. The other one is Bring Up the Bones, um, and it's about Anne Boleyn. And now with the Queen, you know, with her Jubilee and the Olympics and all of that, that they've talked about and show the Tower of London. Well, this is a real uh, page-turner about that. So those are the ones I'm trying to get into right there. The LBJ book... Mm. Is big enough to hold the door open, and so when I want to pick it up, I do that as well because it's like you kind of want to read it. And also a book about Andrew Carnegie because I have to do a workshop pretty soon. It's all about Andrew Carnegie. So, oh, Roswell is looking at something. He's telling us something. Hold on. We got a couple more from Facebook. Um, Asta Adi says she just read Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman. Their True Deceiver by Tove Jansen and The Black Tower by Louis Bayard. Also, while you guys are looking up, Betsy Blades just read River of Smoke by Amitav Ghosh. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing all these names correctly. I do speak for a living, sadly, but I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this all correctly. For Neverwhere, I would say China Meville, City in the City. Uh, also... Uh, I would say, and this this is a little bit dark and a little bit violent, unlike Neil Gaiman, I would go with, um, it's a guy whose name is Richard Cardry. His series is called the Sandman Slim series. It's a guy who comes back from hell, but under the proviso that he has to bring back other escapees from hell. Uh, so it's pretty violent. It's like a P.I. kind of noir thing. Um, it's a lot of dark humor, a lot of tongue-in-cheek stuff. Uh, I would also say, in a similar type of writing, but completely different genre, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Douglas Adams, uh, he kind of has the same sensibilities uh, as Neil Gaiman as a writer. Okay. Um, and for the person who is enjoying Amitav Ghosh's um, River of Smoke, which is set in India, um, another Indian setting novel. Um, sorry, I just lost it. Oh, okay. The White Tiger by Aravind Adiga, A-D-I-G-A, has gotten rave, re rave reviews from many of the customers in fiction. Um, it's a darkly funny take on Indian culture. Um, For a... Uh, the, it was a dark tower, not dark tower. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Black tower? No. no. <laughs> Lewis Bayard, yeah. The Lewis Bayard book, uh, Matthew Pearl. 
uh, does a lot of historical fiction. Everything he does is historical fiction. Um, it's not a series. He chooses a standalone. Uh, that's a good possibility. Um, also, more of a horror filler, thriller, but historical fiction as well. Dan Simmons, the book is Drood, D-R-O-O-D. Um, starts out seemingly just a historical thriller. Indeed, turns into this very dark, opium-driven horror book. Question? Do they do? I just didn't hear the end of it. You're reading books on about Amish culture, and you wondered. Upstairs, and uh, one of the ladies came here, and she did uh, a film, and she talked about the Amish culture. Mm-hmm. And I went out and I read, well, I was reading the books anyway, but she got me more interested in reading more. I wonder, are they writing these far flies, you know, these fictions? Because so far, most of the books that I had read are usually about the family life and so forth. So you want to know if there are any fiction books yeah, about the Amish? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, are you looking... I mean, there are many, actually, very popular Amish series. It's um, Beverly, Beverly Lewis, I think, is the, the main fiction um, author. Let me just look up the first in her series, or one of them. While well, you're doing that, I don't, uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to see this movie. It's a documentary, so it's not fiction. I'm going to give you a view alike, though. This is uh, The Devil's Playground, which... Hmm is about uh, when Amish kids go through Rumspringa, which is their period of kind of being wild and trying new things, follows a whole series of them through that. Uh, we have it in the library, and we have it at Roland Park. Great documentary if you're interested in, in Amish culture. Um, oh. Did someone else have a question? He was trying to get you. Roswell, do you need... Roswell, did you have something? Okay, I... Okay. Yeah, no, the, the first in um, one of Beverly Lewis's series is The Postcard, um, but she has a number of very popular series um, that are Amish characters. Um, does, that, does that, what you're looking for, kind of, or does that answer your question? Sort of, okay. If you come to the fiction department, we can help you more um, in the afternoon or later. And Andrea Roswell, did we have any more from social media? Dr. Hayden, you're, you're, uh, you're keeping our panel from making suggestions. Yeah, we're just about out of time. So before we wrap up, I think Brian had a, a list he wanted to share with us of some fun reads. 
I have a couple things that are movie-driven for the summer movie the- season. Oh, yes. So, Please, tell me all about this. I love movies. I, I will. We already did Hunger Games, so you got that down. So for anyone who liked Avengers, I have a few suggestions for graphic novels in one book. The book is Soon I Will Be Invincible by Austin Grossman. Basically stars a Lex Luthor-like character, and the whole narrative is from his point of view of what it's like being constantly foiled by superheroes. Sorry for the squeaking momentarily. Which think monks think for a second. Uh, also for the Avengers, um, Civil War and Secret Invasion by Marvel Comics. The ultimate line of graphic novels is just Ultimates, which is basically what the movie version of the Avengers is based on. Uh, a little bit darker, a little bit meaner than your typical superheroes. Uh, from DC, I got Identity Crisis and Kingdom Come. And also there's a series of graphic novels, you can find them, they're just a lot of fun. They're almost back to a 60s kind of style tradition of comic called Astro City. Those are really good. For Batman, which is going to Dark Knight Rising coming out pretty quick, um, it's going to be another big movie. I have a series of uh, Batman graphic novels to check out, most of which we do have here at, at Pratt. Batman Cataclysm and Batman No Man's Land. Uh, Batman Hush. Batman and Robin by Grant Morrison, which is what happens when Bruce Wayne stops being Batman and Robin takes over. Really fun books. They're really great. Uh, a lot of fun. Batman The Dark Knight Returns and Batman Killing Joke. So, Those are all awesome. Does anybody, Shailene, Yolanda, do you have any other, anything else that you wanted to share? Any other suggestions? Oh, well, um, the next book that I'm going to read is called Ida's Rules, a sexy, skinny novel. And it's about a 50-year-old woman who basically her life is consumed by her family. She's married to a preacher, so she's always worried about taking care of him and the congregation. She also runs um, a daycare. So she's always caught up in that, and then she's always caught up in her own children. But um, she finds out that her next, uh, I guess, uh, school reunion is coming up, and she decides to lose weight. So it's kind of like, it's a fictional story, but it's about her taking care of all these other people, but then in the end she learns to take care of herself. And I think it's also broken down into, it's called Ida's Rules because these are the rules that she uses to lose weight. And I guess they, people that have read the book said they're actually helpful rules in like their real life. So that's what I'm going to read next. It's by Alice Randall. Um, and if you might be familiar with her because she wrote a parody of Gone with the Wind called The Wind Done Gone. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm reading next. Yeah. Awesome. Shailene, did you have any last suggestions or anything else you're looking forward to reading? Um, well, um, no, I guess not. maybe I would just close by mentioning that a couple, I put a couple of my other sure bet um, books on the table over here. Um, one book, when people ask me for something funny, I often recommend something by Sophie Kinsella. Um, and my personal favorite is The Undomestic Goddess, which is sitting on the table over here. It's about a high-powered attorney who suddenly runs away from her job and becomes um, a, uh, um, 
the person who runs the kitchen and household in, in a country, small country estate. It's very funny. Um, and uh, State of Wonder by Ann Patchett, which I already mentioned, is also sitting over there. It's just a really lovely book. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that's it for me. Brian? Uh, I would recommend I just finished Moonwalking with Einstein by Josh Four. It's nonfiction. It's about a guy starting out as a reporter. He covers the U.S. Memory Championship, which no one has ever heard of, and in a course of a year learns the techniques to become a memory champion. Uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's a little bit obscure. It's a little bit different. It's nonfiction. And then my next book I'm looking at is Imagine How Creativity Works by um, Jonah Lair. Awesome. Well, I would like to, um, we're out of time. Yes, we're ending right on time. I would like to thank Yolanda, Shailene, and Brian for all of their awesome suggestions that they shared. And thank you also to Becky in her cute pink bathrobe who has been out talking to people and to Andrea and Roswell who handled all the social media. My name is Cindy, and I've been doing a lot of the talking. Um, what I am reading currently is I am currently reading Catching Fire, the second part of the Hunger Games. And the next book I'm going to read, I'm going to pick it up on my hold when I get back to my library, which is, um, oh, Roswell. What is the name of that book? Crap. <laughs> it is Most Talkative by Andy Cohen. And that is currently also what Roswell is reading. So I would like to thank all of you. And please remember, summer reading starts today, and it goes until August 4th, we believe, August 4th. So please, um, we have some of the entry forms and some of our suggested reading over here on the table to my right. Thank you all for sitting and participating, and thank you to all of our people on Facebook and Twitter for participating. Have a great day. Have a great summer.